You're listening to episode six of the Curiosity Club podcast. Welcome to the Curiosity Club podcast, a safe place to get your weekly dose of life lessons, helping you let go of fear, overwhelm, and insecurity. I'm your host, Katri Barrett. With each episode, I share my insights and practical skills for you to unlock your full potential. Live and work confidently. Be courageous. Be curious. Because life's too short to keep holding yourself back. Welcome back to another episode. It's that time again. And somehow it is spring in February. Despite that being kind of terrifying, I am loving this sunshine that we have in London at the moment. Just a little reminder, a little gentle nudge. If you haven't done so already, then please go and leave a rating and review saying what you're enjoying about the episode so far. You can do it now whilst you're listening. And if you do happen to give five stars and I will be sending you all the love and the gratitude. Anyway, today I am talking to you about something that affects all of us. No matter whether your job is to stay at home and look after the kids, whether it's saving people's lives, investing people's money, managing a team or cooking people's food, we have all experienced the negative effects of work-related stress at some point in our lives. I feel like it is something that is so prevalent in today's society because we're expected to be switched on and contactable 100% of the time. We're always doing, doing, doing. And I'm going to talk to you about what stress actually is, the effects that it can have on you, how you can manage your stress at work and how stress isn't all bad. It can be a good thing when managed in a healthy way. A study published last year by the HSE showed that there were 595,000 workers in Great Britain suffering from work-related stress, anxiety and depression in 2017 to 18. It showed that there were 15.4 million, million working days that were lost to the same reasons. That is mind-boggling to me. And this is only what is being self-reported. I imagine that those numbers are actually a lot higher because I know so many people that take sick days for stress-related reasons but don't feel comfortable enough divulging the real reason why to their employers because there's still so much stigma around mental health and people understandably have concerns about their job security. This is why it's such an important topic to discuss. Employers and employees need a better awareness and management to tackle this growing problem. Stress is a part of our everyday lives. We can't avoid it. And it is important to point out that we also need it in some situations. It isn't all bad. For lots of people, their main source of stress will come from work. Whether that's conflict with colleagues, bullying, lack of support or workload worry... But there are also other social stresses, such as arguments with friends, financial concerns, loss of a loved one, etc. As well as these social stresses, it could also be caused by our environment. So our thoughts and our physiological state. Things like the pollution in the air, something that is a massive problem in cities like London, the weather, lack of sleep, Poor nutrition, illness and negative mindsets can all be contributing sources for our stress levels. 
All of these stress causes, either individually or when combined, have the ability to trigger our fight or flight response. The defence response is the body's way of preparing us to deal with threats of danger. It comes from our days of being cave people where we needed the body to act quickly to help us either run away from or fight things like saber-toothed tigers. It's this response that enabled all of your ancestors and mine to escape from those saber-toothed tigers long enough to reproduce and pass on their genes that eventually came down to us. Think of a time now where this emergency state of your body has served you. Those times when you've stepped in front of a bus you hadn't noticed but jumped back just in time. You're able to avoid being squashed and instead are left with a pounding heart and perhaps a slightly sweaty brow, or upper lip in my case. (laughs) This is the fight or flight response. We still need this response to help us stay alive and overcome dangers that we face in our daily lives. Although saber-toothed tigers are no longer a danger to us nowadays, the issue with our modern-day lifestyles is that we are constantly being exposed to problems that trigger the body to be in this emergency state. It doesn't help things that you can trigger the fight-or-flight response by just thinking of something that you deem a problem. It doesn't actually have to be happening to you. And if you're someone like me who has a very active, imaginative mind that errs on the side of anxious, you can be triggering yourself to be in this state by having unhelpful thoughts. When we're faced with these real or imagined threats, stressor alarms are sent for the brain to switch on the fight or flight response, which begins to make a series of changes to the body to help us in whichever fiasco we're faced with. Our heart rate, breathing and blood pressure will all increase to ensure that the body and our muscles are being supplied with plenty of blood and oxygen to get us the hell out of there as quickly as possible. Our muscles become tense and active for the same reason. Systems that are not vital will either be shut down or slowed down. This includes the digestive system because it is not important to continue digesting your falafel wrap when you're faced with a saber-toothed tiger. I know, obviously, our ancestors ate falafel wraps. For women, it is often the reproductive organs that are allowed to stop functioning properly because it is the only system we can live without. These changes are why, for some people, stress can have a huge influence on conditions like IBS and PCOS. There are different stages to this stress process that can be useful to be aware of, Because when you know them, you can begin to look out for the telltale symptoms so that you yourself can better cope with it. This three-step process called general adaption syndrome, or GAS, is a theory that came about from the doctor and researcher Hans Sale. His theory suggests that there are three different stages to stress that we go through in chronological order. Alarm being the first, then resistance, then exhaustion. The alarm stage refers to the initial symptoms the body experiences after being faced with a stressor. This is when the fight or flight response is activated and the stress hormone cortisol is released. Your heart rate quickens and you get ready to either flee the situation or fight for your life. The second is the resistance stage, where after the initial shock, your body will enter a recovery phase and it starts to repair any damage. Although you may still be on high alert for a while. 
as long as you've overcome the stressful situation and now deem yourself to be safe, the heart rate, the breath rate, blood pressure and hormones, etc. will all return back to wherever they were before. However, and this is the problem that is affecting so many of us at work today, if you don't feel out of danger, your body will continue to be flooded with the stress hormones that will keep you in this state. If you are worried about your workload, which means you aren't getting enough sleep and you are spending your train journey to the office every morning feeling anxious about how you're going to get everything done, then you are going to be living in this resistance state. Now, short term, there isn't anything particularly wrong with this. For short deadlines, like an important meeting or an interview, it will work in our favour to have this response and our body is able to do what it needs to in order to counteract the effects of fight or flight. However, when you are living in this high alert state for long periods of time, you begin to feel irritable, you're unable to focus, you're frustrated, your body will eventually adapt to it. And that is in, in an attempt to cope with the stress. And what eventually happens is you will move into the third stage, which is exhaustion. The exhaustion stage is what we also know as burnout. I'm working with more and more people and knowing more people personally going through this. The sad thing is that if you can catch the signs early, before you get to this stage, it can be preventable. Burnout is a result of being in a state of chronic stress for a long period of time. It drains your physical, your mental and your emotional bodies until they're no longer able to function properly, let alone deal with stress. It weakens your immune system and puts you at risk of disease and stress-related illnesses such as anxiety, depression and chronic fatigue. All jobs include some sort of challenges and these on their own won't lead to this state of exhaustion. But when they're combined with a feeling of lack of control, uncertainty, frustration and fatigue, that is when the recipe for disaster is complete. If our jobs didn't demand anything from us at all, we would be bored and we would never be given any opportunity to grow and develop. So a little bit of stress in small doses is a good thing. When there is a stress underload, people become complacent, bored, and there's a huge dip in productivity. When we're able to cope with little bits of stress more positively, this stress can drive our motivation to meet deadlines, to work harder, and to apply for promotions and pitch great ideas. Maybe you're turning up to work every day and your environment is hostile. Maybe you haven't been trained adequately for your role. Your co-workers don't support you or your boss is setting ridiculously unrealistic expectations on your already burdened workload. If some or all of these are combined with the symptoms of the stress response, lack of sleep, increased heart rate, racing thoughts, then this is when your chances of burnout are really high. Can you see how it's the combination of these things? But don't fear, if you're worried about these symptoms in yourself or someone close to you, then there are work stress management techniques that you can to give yourself this sense of control back. 
we can make changes to external stresses. So that means other people and our work situation. And then there are changes we can make to our internal stresses. So these include our thoughts and physical aspects. Things that we might want to change could be being more assertive with our bosses, ensuring that we take our lunch breaks, perhaps even quitting our jobs in some cases. That might be the rest, the best thing to do for some people. But let's just be clear, I'm not telling you to quit your job if you're stressed. Let's see if there is things we can do to help that first. It can be really useful to discover what your unique work stresses are. Once you've figured these out, then you can begin to observe yourself and how you tend to respond to them. Each role and workplace will be different. There'll be big stresses like your boss screaming at you in front of your colleagues or a patient dying on your watch. Then there's the little stresses such as having to wash up your colleagues' mugs for the hundredth time or an email coming in one minute before you're supposed to clock off. Begin to compile a list, whether mentally or writing it in your phone notes, of all the things that stress you out during your day. Notice how they make you feel, what your thoughts are and how these influence your behaviour. For example, Susan, she works in a small PR team for a design company. She hasn't been sleeping well for a few months and now she's had a cold which has lasted for weeks. Her boss has recently gone on maternity leave and to cut costs, the company hasn't employed anyone to cover her. Instead, the rest of the team are being expected to pick up her tasks. This huge increase in Susan's workload causes her to resent her bosses and feel frustrated. She's been working late into the evenings at home, which is not only affecting her relationship, but also means she is sleep deprived. Susan's stresses are her chatty colleague distracting her, her lack of downtime and balance with her personal life, and unrealistic expectations of her bosses. All of these are making her feel angry, dissatisfied, anxious and tired. And because of this, she has started taking more sick days. She's getting tension headaches. She's eating more sugary foods and washing them down with coffee just in an attempt to function. What Susan needs to do is identify what responses she is having to these work stresses that could be problematic for her. For her, it is the poor diet, it's being overcritical of herself, and it's not prioritising sleep, whilst also taking her frustrations out on her partner. Identifying these patterns that we all have when we're faced with stress can often be the hardest part. Once we're more aware of our behaviour, we can begin to devise a plan to help our responses in these situations. When we don't feel like we're living up to expectations at work, we're often left feeling guilty, perhaps irritable, and self-doubt will creep in. It's easy then to move into the imposter syndrome zone, where we feel like we're not capable of our jobs, and these added worries can just add to the list of job-related symptoms, which it might show up as insomnia, headaches, digestive problems, eating disorders, and lowered immune systems. Although we will never remove all of the stress from work, and like I've said previously, we don't want to, we can make ourselves more resilient to the adversities we face in whatever our jobs are. Learning how to switch off when we're not at work is paramount. I think all of us, whether you work for yourself, a startup or a large corporation, we all feel the need to be switched on all of the time. With us all now having smartphones, it can often be expected of us that we are contactable 
when we're not at work as well as we are. And setting clear boundaries for yourself and for others is paramount for your mental and physical well-being. Set a time that you're going to turn off email notifications each day or set an out of office explaining that you're doing an important task which requires all of your attention. Another thing is to stop focusing on your failures and all the work you aren't achieving and start paying attention to your mini successes each day. Every time you send an email, praise yourself. Every phone call made, give yourself a little pat on the back. Focus on what you have achieved, not what you haven't. The next is sleep, sleep, sleep. Make sure you are getting enough sleep. I cannot reiterate this enough and the importance of it. We cannot expect our bodies to be resilient if we aren't allowing them to repair with sleep. And try to not have screen time for at least an hour before bed. I think this is a really hard one for most of us. I know I do struggle with this sometimes. Um, But doing these things and doing the other things that are going to help you relax and nourishing your body, move your body, eat well, All these things will contribute to making you deal and cope with stress better. Another important factor is to manage your thoughts. Unhelpful thinking can really feed the stresses in our life. And this is when we can perhaps trigger the response in ourselves when it isn't actually needed or necessary. Try to stop thoughts of, I must and I have to. Even simply changing those type of thoughts to, I would like to clear my inbox and finish that report by 10am, rather than I have to clear my inbox and finish my report by 10am. Just those small changes can change your response to a more calm one. Another thing is to try not to catastrophize. If I don't get X done, my boss will know that I'm useless and I'll get fired. It isn't helpful and it is often a very distorted view of things that isn't actually true. It's our thoughts about a situation that will trigger us to feel anxious about our workload, angry at our colleagues and resentful of our bosses. If you can change how you think, you will change how you respond to situations. And another thing, if you you notice yourself becoming really overwhelmed, if that workload just seems so much that you're not able to do anything, it's affecting your productivity, then just pause. Either go for a walk around the office or outside, or just sit and close your eyes at your desk. Spend three minutes breathing deeply, relaxing any tension you've built up in your face, in your neck, in your shoulders... And the more you soften physically, the more you'll soften into the moment. And eventually that fog that comes with overwhelm will disappear and you'll have more clarity on what you need to do next. And then you'll become more productive and over time that kind of sense of overwhelm just lifts more naturally. It's doing these little things that you intentionally activate the body's relaxation response. So you can then counteract the stress response, whenever you've noticed it has been sparked. Remember that you have the power to create this positive change to how you manage stress at work. Spend this week observing what exactly it is that's triggering you and notice what your response is. Once you have a better understanding, you'll be able to identify where you need to make changes. 
let me know how you get on with this and if you are worried about how stress is affecting you then please do reach out for me uh, out to me either via email or instagram i'm always happy to see how i can help you can reach me at hello at katrybarrett.com or katrybarrett on instagram i hope that you all have a wonderful week until next time stay curious